the darkness at thy speaking it was done. Welcome to sermons from Zion Lutheran Church of Gwinner, North Dakota. Zion Lutheran Church is committed to the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. A reading from Genesis, the third chapter. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid. Because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. O Lord, have mercy on us. In the name of Jesus, amen. In the Garden of Eden, things were great. No shame, no guilt, no toil, no blame, and best of all, no fear. Things were perfect. Yes, there was no deficiencies, but only uninterrupted thanksgiving towards God. Everywhere Adam and Eve turned, they were being given gifts from God. They received warm sunlight, rain, food, peace of mind, drink, complete safety, peace of mind, and peace of body. Indeed, they had the approval of God, and they were happy. Adam and Eve experienced harmony with the land and complemented each other perfectly. This is how it was in the beginning. However, 
As we know, this is not how it is for us today. You see, something happened that ruined this perfection. Something happened that turned the world upside down. Something happened that destroyed goodness that existed at the very beginning. As we read tonight from Genesis chapter 3, we heard that sad story of how everything was ruined. Guess how absolutely everything was ruined. We heard the story of Adam and Eve's rebellion against God. We heard how they ate the forbidden fruit, how they rebelled against God, and how this rebellion disrupted their happiness, how it disrupted this relationship with God and themselves, and how it ruined this relationship between each other, between Adam and Eve, and how it ruined it with nature itself. We heard how things became totally corrupted and infected with sin. We heard how everything became unraveled into this enormous mess that we have before us today in this world. Now, it has been said before that Genesis chapter 3 is the most tragic, indeed the most tragic chapter in all of the Bible, which I think we can agree with this evening. Reading Genesis 3, yes, reading Genesis chapter 3 is no cakewalk. However, with that stated, we must be careful not to read over Genesis 3 too quickly and then toss it off to the side as if it is too depressing for us to read ever again. In other words, in spite of that melancholy flavor, Genesis chapter 3 actually shows us why all the other chapters and all the other books of the Bible follow. Without Genesis chapter 3, the whole Bible will not make sense. And if the Bible will not make sense, then our Christian faith won't make sense as well. And we will be confused at best. You see, buried in the midst of that sad story of Adam and Eve's fall into sin is actually a shiny gold nugget, a promise to be precise. And it is a promise and a gold nugget, a remarkable promise that was made long ago, one that we actually celebrate this Christmas season here at Zion. And what is that promise? What is that gold nugget buried in that text, buried in that catastrophe of Genesis chapter 3? Well, we read about that gold nugget in verse 15 when we read this. I will put enmity, that is war, between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head. He shall crush your head, Satan, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, did you hear the promise? You see, dear friends, in the midst of humanity's first and most horrific tragedy, in the midst of God cursing Satan, in the midst of God cursing man and woman and all of the earth, in the midst of all of this disaster and sin and sadness and chaos, God gives the good news of the gospel in the form of a promise. That is to say, he promises a seed a male descendant from Eve that would crush the head of Satan. Yes, right there. At the beginning of the Bible, three chapters in, we hear God's promise of Jesus Christ for you and for me. 
We hear the first gospel. We hear that there is one coming who will be born of a woman who will deliver mankind and the entire world from sin, death, and the devil. We hear the defeat of the evil foe right there in the beginning. Now, do you know what this means? It means that Christmas is a fulfillment of that promise made in Genesis chapter 3. At the very beginning. Yes, long ago in Genesis 3.15, God promised a Messiah to the entire world. A Messiah who would make things right again. Which means that when we read through those pages of the Old Testament, what we hear is not a collection of miscellaneous stories, but we hear about God keeping his promise throughout every generation. The Old Testament could be said to be the history of our salvation, the history of your salvation. It is that tracing of the Lord's promise from Genesis all the way to the manger in Bethlehem. And as we know from the Old Testament, even when things looked very bad, really, really bad, God did not relent on his promise. The promise did not falter, but followed through to Christmas with the birth of the Messiah in Bethlehem. My friends, that is how it goes with promises. When God makes a promise, he keeps it. When God gives us a promise, we can trust it. And so this Advent and Christmas season, we not only marvel at how God kept the promise long ago from Genesis 3.15 by the birth of the Son of God in Bethlehem, but we marvel at the fact that this promise has been fulfilled for you and for me. Dear baptized saints, that promise of the Messiah, that promise of that Messiah crushing the head of Satan is a promise that we can hang our body and our mind and our soul upon. It is a promise that is not only fulfilled, but a promise that grants us continual faith and assurance each and every single day. It points to that clear hope of our victory in Christ and the certainty of our resurrections. You see, the Genesis 3.15 promise is a promise that the devil's head, yes, that the devil's head would be crushed, which it was on that cross of Jesus Christ, some 2,000 years ago. And get this, if the devil's head was crushed, then your death indeed must be crushed as well. And if your death has been crushed, then that means that the condemnation of your sin has been crushed as well too. And if the condemnation of sin is crushed, then the verdict of the law is crushed as well. And if the law can no longer accuse you, then get this, you have complete and total assurance, assurance that no matter what happens in this life, that there will be no guilt and shame or blame or fear because you are in Christ Jesus, your Lord. Baptized saints, even though this life is upside down and ruined by humanity's sin in Adam and Eve, we hold fast to this promise. We hold fast to this promise given long ago We cling with both eyes open, clinging to the promise that was given to us, knowing that in due time, all things will be made anew. 
Yes, this upside-down world of sin and death itself are indeed awful and tyrannical, but God's promise and God's crushing power make sin and death into nothing. So like Adam and Eve, yes, like Adam and Eve, we hear the promise of the Messiah this Advent and Christmas season. We hear about the Messiah who came to crush the devil's head, which gives us that same hope and assurance that Adam and Eve had. Hope and assurance that death will be taken away, that sin will be abolished, and that righteousness, life, and peace will be restored. In this promise and hope, Adam and Eve lived and died. In this promise and hope, we live and die as well. However, in the promise and hope, in this promise and this hope, with Adam and Eve, we all will be raised to newness of life. For Christ Jesus has indeed kept the promise by crushing the head of Satan for you and for me too. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit Zion Lutheran Church's website at www.zionglinner.org. The Lord bless and keep you.